Hello. G'day. My name's Kate. G'day, mate. So, um, oh gosh, that was such good worship. Can we give a round of applause first for God, then for the worship band? Because God first, then us, right? Okay, in everyone's experience, will this hold? We're not a very active audience, are we? All right, so I'm preaching tonight on, um, you can tell from my super cryptic and um, creative title, I'm teaching on obedience, which is a wild ride, let me tell you that much. But it's a topic I love because I'm a school teacher. I love telling people what to do. I love being the boss. Um, Gosh, you're really quiet, aren't you? I thought I'd get a lot of laughs. Can I get some woes and come ons? Yeah! So anyway, I'm a school teacher. I love telling people what to do. So when I got this topic from Tim, I was stoked. And then I went to the Bible looking for Bible stories about obedience and quickly realised that... um, The Bible is kind of, it's lots of things, but what it is mostly is countless stories of God saying, live your life like this, and I I promise you, I'm going to bless you, and it's going to be, it's probably going to be a good time. Sometimes it's not, but it's probably going to be mostly, but then just about everybody is like, nah, sorry, (laughs) I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life, and then they inevitably Um, It's like a car crash. It's just a horrible time. And then they eventually find their way back to God through obedience. And so that's pretty much what I was finding as I was flicking through the Bible. There's also the fact that um, Jesus um, is, he's basically obedience personified. So I could have gone to one of his stories, but what I landed on was Luke chapter 5, which is a story of Simon who was to later be named Peter um, and who is one of Jesus' disciples. And it's a really, I picked it because it's a beautiful example of um, simple obedience and how God blesses that. So before I jump into it, um, every great sermon starts with a funny story, right? Yes, thank you, Bradley. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. And I couldn't, I couldn't think of any funny stories because I was, you know, I was thinking my childhood, but I was actually super obedient as a child, which is shocking because of my um, exasperated personality. So you think that I just want to do everything my way. But no, I was super obedient. The only thing that I could think of was... <laughs> We have, okay, I have three siblings. I've got three brothers and we were all very active children. And um, my mother had, I say past tense, had these beautiful chandeliers in her house. She had three and attached to each chandelier were four like antique um, bulb covering things. And we had this one rule, one rule in the house, which is no playing ball in the house. And you'd think that us four children living next door to a park and having a phenomenal backyard that at one point had like a half pipe and had a cubby house and a swing set. We also had um, surrounding neighbours' houses full of children. So we had lots of spaces to play ball. But for some reason, we decided that um, ball in the house was a really good idea. So over the course of my childhood, one by one, 
um, we would break these antique lights, which is really sad because they're irreplaceable. And Helen Gurren, my mother, is a terrifying woman. She's not here tonight, so I can say this. We used to get the strap. <laughs> Because we, we were really hypo. We weren't super naughty, but, you know, the stress of four children and running a business. Hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast, but it's true. So if you broke a light, you'd just, like, run, just detour anywhere else outside of the house. Um, so that's my really funny story. Do you find it funny? <laughs> it actually has almost nothing to do with the sermon. I just needed something to engage you guys. You engaged? <laughs> yeah, really good. Okay, so... I'm going to read out, oh, this little doodad. I'm going to read out the story of Luke chapter 5. Oh, that's tiny. I should have put it on my notes, but I didn't. One day, oh, yeah, okay. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, I looked that up, the people were crowding around him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were, st- who were washing their nets. He got into the, one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who was later to be called Peter, and asked him to put out a little more from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Yeah. When I read this initially, the first thing that stood out to me was how Jesus asked Peter or Simon to do two different tasks. And the first thing he tasked him with was, um, Peter, can I borrow your boat and we'll just go out to shore a little bit? And it was really good because Peter said, yes, right? Great, tick, obeyed God, super wonderful. (coughs) And what I found is that um, it was almost as if Jesus was testing the faith that was inside of Peter. See, we all have a level in faith inside all of us and we all have the ability for God to gift us more faith. That is his intention, but first he must test it. And it's actually in that act of obedience and in that yes, that he will increase that faith. So Peter said yes to Jesus, I will let you come out into my boat. And then Jesus asked him a second task. Will you throw out your nets? And Peter reminds me of every single millennial in that his response was a little bit cheeky, a little bit sassy, a little bit know-it-all, know-it-all Pete. Um, he didn't say, yes, master. He had to have, he had to sort of present his case first. He had to be like, mm, Jesus, <laughs> I'm a seasoned fisherman. I've been doing this for years. You're a carpenter. I think I, I've just cleaned my nets. Look, but, but I'll do it anyway. But now that I've stated my case, and that's a little bit like millennials and probably generations gone past, but we seem to think it's okay that before the act of obedience, we need to state our case in the event that maybe we are right and we can do a told you so in which pride takes over. And so 
Peter did obey, which is really, really excellent. And it was in that small yes that blessings came in abundant, which is my first point. Obeying God in the small is essential to receive the greatest blessings. The amount of blessings that poured in from that teeny tiny act of obedience is phenomenal. It wasn't just the fact that Peter's faith grew in that moment and he was gifted more faith. It wasn't just the fact that um, he made good buds with Jesus that afternoon. It wasn't just that he got to eat dinner that night. Others were blessed also. I mean, I know it's not written, but the amount of fish that piled into their boats, they probably made like a good amount of money from that. And, you know, he signaled over to his brothers to come over and collect from that. So his brothers were blessed also. And there was also the blessing of the fact that because Peter said yes to letting Jesus stand out on his boat, an entire crowd of people got to hear the word of God. Peter had no idea that what he was about to say yes to probably planted seeds into the masses, essentially. Which leads me into my next point, that obedience blesses others. I love to think about the fact that, you know, the Bible is literal, literal, but there are lots of analogies in there also. And when Jesus asked to step into Peter's boat, he was stepping into a physical vessel, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Good, cool and response. That's what I want. Just so I know you're awake. Otherwise I'll start yelling. <laughs> Preach it. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, he stepped into the physical boat, but then he also chose to use the boat of Peter, which is another vessel. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so encouraged. This is awesome. He was also blessed by that. And you can look at that and think, you know, Jesus could have just walked on water. He later did that. He could have walked on water and stood there and preached to the masses then. He could have also used like telekinesis or telekinetic powers to assemble all of the fish out of the ocean and throw it at people, cooked, flambéed, ready, served. But he didn't choose to do that. He chose to use Peter in that moment because God chooses to use us to perform miracles, to bring about blessings. He is choosing to use each one of his children to do this. Jesus could come back any minute. But he's got, you know, he's got it on the calendar. He knows when he's coming back. So in the meantime, he's wanting to use us as those vessels. And in that we will be blessed and in that we will bless others. Have a think about the building we're in. There is history in this building. Think about the generations gone before us. The generations of people that dutifully and diligently were praying for the next generation. We are called to do the same. We can become quite complacent with where we are, but it's actually on us in this moment to be praying for that next generation, 
that in our faithfulness, in our faithfulness now, we would be obedient to God and we would act on that. Don't get me wrong. Um, obedience isn't salvation. If you're thinking you need to work your way to heaven, just stop right now because it's not going to happen. Obedient, well, salvation is a gift and obedience is a tool that we can use to accept that gift, to bless others with that gift. But it is definitely not salvation. And when we obey God, we will never be disappointed. I have a story. It is probably the biggest thing to happen to little old 23-year-old me, almost 24, on birthday, um, on birthday, on Friday. <laughs> Brad's birthday is the day after. I'm a day older than him, and I count that as a victory. <laughs> I can carry that forever. So this is like a small part of my testimony. And some of you may know this and some of you may not know this. But when I was younger, I um, did a music degree. And in that time, I decided that I really wanted to start a band. And it was my life ambition to be in this band and to be a light in a dark place because you may or may not know that the music industry is, although it's full of God's children, it's also full of darkness. And so I decided that I would enter into this place with my band and we would sing songs that were kind of Christian, but not really Christian. And we would just be like nice to everybody. And there's a lot more to that story, but the thing that I was doing for years and years is I was holding tight to the idea that this was my mission. This was my plan. Don't tell me otherwise, God. I have it figured out. I know what I'm doing. And then God kindly, graciously, painfully tapped me on the shoulder and said, Kate, I have more for you. And I didn't say yes straight away. And in that tentative, sometimes yes, sometimes no, I made it more painful. See, I thought that by letting go of this dream, I would be severely disappointed. I had, the world was my oyster. Opportunities were coming through day in, day out. I was adored by these people who would shower me in endless praise and tell me that I was successful, but I hadn't yet learned that God is my success. And so when I finally did say yes to being called out of that, what I thought was my life calling, let me tell you what, God has just blessed me abundantly in ways that I had no idea about. First of all, there was freedom like I had never even known. Obedience leads to freedom. If you're holding on to something really, really tight and you feel God tapping you on the shoulder or maybe it's a little bit more aggressive and He's like shaking you, let me tell you firsthand that obedience leads to freedom. 
And in that, things just started falling away. Things like depression just started, it wasn't instant, but it started melting away. Things like anxiety were melting away because the Father was showing me that my, if I root my identity in Him, freedom is abundant. When we obey God, we will never be disappointed. Think about the ministry and the life of Jesus Christ. Do you think Jesus was ever disappointed? Do you think Jesus is feeling disappointed right now, being seated on the right hand of the Father? I don't think so, because His rewards are in heaven. They are eternal. And the same is being presented to us. And Jesus is the perfect example of being blessed by someone else's obedience. Without Jesus and His death and resurrection and His obedience and faithfulness and love for the Father, the veil would not have been lifted and we would not be able to commune with God the way we do today. We would not be able to have the Holy Spirit living in us. If you want to be free, be obedient. Obedience comes about in our love for God. We cannot forget that. You can't say, I love you, God. I want to worship you and praise you. And I want to go to the nations. And I want to raise up a church this big. And I want this many salvations. But then go and do the complete opposite of what he's asking you to do. Or maybe going and doing something that looks like you're serving and looks like you're serving a ministry. But it's not what God wants you to do. Sometimes God asks you to do weird things. And it looks wrong to the entire world. Maybe it looks wrong to your friends, your parents, the industry that you're in. But if God is calling you to do something and He is pressing on that, do it. Who knows what time I started? No one? I feel like I was supposed to keep... This is only like my third time preaching here, so I'm very inadequate. Pardon? Quarter past or 20 past. Okay, good. Thank you, Bradley. <laughs> I'm doing really well. Does everybody know what um, kingdom culture worship is? You do. Okay. Just just a small plug. So Kingdom Culture Worship, they um, recorded a live album recently and there's going to be a worship conference on what date? T- say that again. 10th to the 12th of October. Everyone be there. I just sense the Lord saying that you all need to go there and that you need to be obedient. But I was there. <laughs> I was there for the live recording and it was phenomenal. And I only expect that um, the digital copy will be even better. All right. I feel like I've painted obedience as a beautiful thing, which it is, don't get me wrong. But I just need to highlight the fact that in obedience, there's no guarantee that there won't be suffering. Again, look at Jesus. He was led through the worst amount of suffering anyone could ever go through. Paul counted his sufferings as blessings. He was delighted in the fact, he even said that in a roundabout way, he said that he was happy that he was suffering because others were being blessed by it. 
And I feel like there might even be people in the room who have been obedient, have been faithful, have been dutiful with their prayers, with the way that they have been serving, and they feel like they're about ready to give up. Do not give up. God is not finished with it yet. He is going to reward your obedience with blessings abundant. There is freedom in obedience. It puts us on the right trajectory and we are no longer bound by the confines of this world. We are rather living in the beauty and the fullness of Christ. If you want that, if you want to live in the fullness of Christ, it lives in your everyday yes. It's one thing to say yes to something that seems enormous. Go you if you've done that. But then it's in the everyday, potentially boring, potentially painful yes that that is going to come about. If the band would like to come back up. I'm going to pray and then we're going to go into communion. So we do communion every week here at Rivers. And it's a time to reflect on um, Jesus and his death and resurrection for us. But just during this time of obedience, I would like everybody to think about that thing. Because we all have things. No matter um, how much obedience you think you're living in now, I'm going to say that there's probably a little bit more that you can lean into. So I want everybody to close their eyes. And just pray, Holy Spirit, would you highlight to me the very things that you are asking me to abide in, to be obedient to, to show faithfulness to. And God, would you give me the strength Would you give me the courage? Would you give me the boldness to say yes to that? Not just an initial yes, but the daily yes that is inevitable to follow. Thank you, God, for the grace. Thank you for your patience and for your mercy. And that, Father, you are holding us in the palm of your hands, that you have not forgotten us, that our lives mean something, mean everything to you. Thank you for the joy that it is to obey you, to love you. I pray for an increase of faith that whatever it is you feel you have been trapped under, that God is going to deliver you out of that. He is a faithful God. It is written in His Word that time and time again, He delivers His people out of trials. He delivers His people out of tribulations. He is going to do the same for you. The God that lived in those stories 2,000 years ago lives inside of you now and He's going to do the same. So thank you, God. Thank you for what you have done and what you are going to do. We are expectant. We just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.